Hey guys, before we start this episode of Unpack and Bounce Back, we just wanted to give you a trigger warning. Um, we are two adults having a really mature, uncomfortable conversation during these times, and uh, there is profanity, the use of the N-word, um, and we have a really unfiltered conversation. So we do give a heads up if you're not prepared or in a space to listen to this conversation, we advise you skipping this episode. Uh, we will be sharing our experiences and hoping that by being completely transparent, you guys relate to them. So trigger warning. This episode contains a lot of adult, mature conversation that needs to be had. We appreciate you guys listening and hope you enjoy this episode. This is Sky, And this is Raina. And, and we're, we're cousins. cousins. We created this platform to share our stories. To revisit memories and hopefully by unpacking them. We will leave each situation more empowered. More excited more confident, more brave, more passionate, more healed. So our hope is that while we're healing and unpacking our own baggage, you're inspired to do the same. This is Unpack and Bounce Back. Let's dive in. Hey, you guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of Unpack and Bounce Back. I'm Sky, And I'm Raina. And today, uh, we are doing an incredibly uncomfortable episode. Uh, I'm, I'm freaking out. I am. And I'm going to try not to use my my humor to, to cope because it can be misleading. Um, Raina hit me up and was like, yo, listen, our season is pre-recorded, and you know, we already have things lined up, but the next episode we have lined up is very funny. And there's nothing funny in the world right now. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's appropriate for us to drop that. And I think we need to go in the studio, record, and do an episode about Um, police brutality, our own personal experiences, um, our experiences loving black men, the fears that come with that, having little brothers, being black Mm -hmm. women, Mm -hmm. um, but still in the same understanding that our experience hasn't even been half as bad as a lot of other black people. Mm -hmm. And, And the privilege that comes with being white, the privilege that comes with being lighter skinned, the Mm -hmm. privilege that comes with being attractive to other races. Like there's just, Mm -hmm. there's so many things that play a part into um, our lives and our experiences. And so uh, we, you know, all we we could do is be honest with this conversation and hope that our listeners, especially the non-black ones who are struggling with um, empathy or feeling for other people can maybe hear our stories and go, oh, wow, it clicks now. Because I think for a lot of people, something's not clicking. And I don't know if they're focused on our anger and they're they're misreading that. I don't Mm -hmm. know why people can't understand what's going on, but we hope that by calmly presenting and articulating our own experiences, um, that you can kind of understand what's going on in the world right now. Um, So I'm going to toss it to you, Raina, with... uh, we're going to start with definitions. Mm-hmm. You know, we do it on on our podcast whenever we really want people to understand the subject matter. Um, so toss us the definition of racism. So the definition of racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Um, And yeah, that's deep. It's like it, as soon as you read it and it rolls off your tongue, you're like, yo, that's deep. Because... Yeah. I would say that neither one of us was raised in a way to like look at somebody else and say, ew, you know, like ill or I'm better than them or "Mm, I could get the other day I tweeted and I said, how young were you when you first had the conversations with your parents 
where they told you that you were going to have to work twice as hard, where you were going to have to be twice as funny, Mm -hmm. where you were going to be, where you were going to have to be twice as pretty, talented, talented, fast, um, educated, wise, et cetera, to get to the same places and the same positions that they get to. Yeah. And the responses were just so like, I had so much chills because some people were like, I remember clearly I was four years old and I saw, um, I saw one of my neighbors getting taken from his home by the police. And my dad had sat me down and told, had a conversation with me about it. And then there were other people who were like, never. And I wish that they did because I had no idea. I thought we all had the talk. I thought so too. Like I was, I, it was to me, it was a rhetorical question. It was like, what age? All of us have the age. So multiple what age? talks too. Multiple throughout my entire life. Wow. My dad was like, this is what it is. This right. is the world we live in straight like that. Like there was no sugar coating, coating whatsoever. My dad has been to jail. His dad has been to jail. My dad was a foster child. Like he had no mom in his life. She put him in the system very young. So that's another part of where we deal with really, really bad racism. When we're put in those systems, the way yeah. that they treat us in any system. Yeah. We're, we're not designed. They don't, these sips, these systems aren't designed for us to be successful out of any of them, whether it comes from school, whether it has to do with college, whether it has to do with like the real workforce, like Mm -hmm. office spaces, whether it has to do with, you know, like I said, the childcare, the social system services, like they never want us to get out of that. Yeah. I've had conversations with friends where they're like, yeah, my mom was on um, social security section eight her entire life. So when I graduated college and I had to go down there and say, you know, I'm taking over the apartment now, I make too much money. So we can't be on this. The people who are working there, they're shocked. They're Mm -hmm. like, what? Mm -hmm. Like not in a bad way, but just like you made it out. That's, Okay. You know, so it's just, it's it's just really interesting to see one, of course, that we're still going through this. I mean, it's 2020 and we're just, we're still here, but also to see how many people are, are, or have still been in denial. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's so interesting to me because, Mm -hmm. you know, we, I've seen so many tweets about it. Me and Mark talk about it. All of our non-black friends right now are checking the temp. Like they're all coming out the woodworks like, hey, uh, how are you? Is there anything that we can do? Is there anything more that I can do as a person, as a white person, as a Latin person to help this cause, to help you and your family? Um, we've been going on hikes lately just to try to keep our mind off of things, just to get active and to, you know, have Umi actually walking around the city. Um, and then as you're passing all of these people, they make sure to, you know, good morning, good morning, good morning. Like they make sure to try to make you, to show you that they see you, but in a sense or a way, it's like, you wouldn't normally do this. Like Mm -hmm. I come hiking, I've been hiking for years. Like Mm -hmm. you would never say anything to me, especially Mm -hmm. the, the older ones, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really interesting that a lot of people that this is much different because we've been here before. Right. We were here with Eric Garner. Mm -hmm. 
we were here, you know, with Sandra Bland, Sandra Bland. We were here with Tamir Rice. Like mm-hmm. we were here so many times, mm-hmm. obviously not as it's never been this big. I think collectively we're all just so fed up, fed up. But even with it not being as big and as history making and as chaotic as it as it as it is now, it was for us. It was for us. <laughs> it was every for us. single time. time. Mm-hmm. Every single time this has happened, mm-hmm. my dad has made sure to reach out to me and just be like, "Babe, shit is crazy out there. Mm-hmm. This shit is still happening." Mm-hmm. Even Sandra Bland, I remember seeing she was an activist and it never sat well with me. Like when she was like, if I ever come up dead, just know I didn't do it. Like when I saw those videos and, and that them saying they took her mug shot when she was already dead, like it's just like her story specifically, just like it, 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 it never sat well with me. And, and we all have felt this much anger to where it's almost like we're looking around like, welcome. We've been this angry. We've been this frustrated, um, you know, and I don't know if it's finally having videos of it that they can see what's going on so they care more because we have stories, you know, we have years of stories to where we didn't need visuals to be angry. We We have family members. We have family members. (laughs) Like, and and it goes, it it really does go beyond just the police in general. Like we we have, you know, um, what was her name? Tamika she did a speech and she said, you know, there's a war on black bodies. This is not, this is not a drill. Right. They are trying and attempting and succeeding at killing us in any way that they can. And if they can't do it this way now, believe me, they'll find another way. Right. And it's true. They, I mean, our food, our food, the police brutality. There's just it's <laughs> the sick. restaurants in our communities. When I was living with Mark's parents, it literally took us at least twenty to thirty minutes to find us a nice, healthy sushi spot to go to a Whole Foods to go to a Trader Joe's. There's nothing like just they liquor have, stores. There's there's freaking Walmart groceries. Like who wants to buy Walmart groceries? Like, right. but you have to be educated enough to even know. Because we're put in these in these environments where they're not going to let you know that this shit isn't good. Right. They're going to let you think your whole life like the produce here is good. The shit be going bad in like five seconds. As soon as you get home, the mangoes are bad. Yeah. Like all of these things. And you just you just. You just wonder. How all how how black. Culture. Mm -hmm. Is so. Phenomenal is so spread out around the entire world. And you wonder, you know, all of these people who are not black, who have so many black friends, who are so influenced by all of these artists who are black, who speak out on it every now and then. Like you see, you see the videos of like offsetting Kodak blacks, uh, making freaking sandwiches out of hot Cheetos. And like, you know, you see all of these things and it's like, oh, you guys think, that we want to do these things. You think that we like and we enjoy eating cup of noodles every night. Like you just think that that's no, we have no choice. It's been a lot of survival and just making the thing is 
that's one thing, you know, I saw a video of, and it made me laugh, I needed it, of, I don't know, if I, did I send it to you? The police officer was little and had a little shield, and the guy's protesting, and he's like, Black Lives Matter, he's like, your little ass shield, you and your goddamn little shield, little shield boy, and everybody was reposting it, like, even in the worst, we find a way to laugh, yeah. you yeah. know? We find a way, like, if, if we got a cup of noodles and that's the only thing we could afford at the store, we gonna make it good, yeah. we gonna season it, yep. we gonna put in some, you know, yep. parsley, some goddamn Yep. mushrooms yep. it's like we are our entire soul food yeah was making food yeah. out of scraps yeah so it's like we Still find is. yeah we find the most small difficult situations and go nah 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 i'm gonna make a miracle out of this mm -hmm. you know and it's sick because it really is the the love for our culture runs so deep but not for us and it it makes me think about i had a friend when i was younger who was armenian and um, she goes, you know, it's really frustrating. I love black people, but my family just hates them. Mm -hmm. You know, she goes, she just, she goes, you know, they call him the N word. And every time I'm around my, my black friends, I have to hide. She was 25. Mm -hmm. I had to hide. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, super interesting. I'm talking to her one day and she goes, oh my God, I'm so excited. My family's going to the Laker game. And I'm like, huh? She goes, we love the Lakers. Mm -hmm. I go, I go, wait. So every day they say those N words, those, that I said, what? She goes, yeah. She goes, my family, oh my God, they're obsessed with Kobe. So I remember just sitting there and that going, just gave me chills. oh no, I know it makes me want to cry thinking about it. She goes, yeah. I mean, my mom's always like, yeah, and you can't be around those niggers. And if you're around those niggers and I catch you, her mom used to track her phone to make sure she wasn't around black people. She goes, and you're dating them. She goes, I'm disgusted, but we love Kobe and we love the Lakers. I... We want to see you guys sing. We want to see you perform. We want to see you play sports. Every time. But but we, and I was like, wait. We want to see you entertain us. Right. But I'm like, you, how are you able to detach people? It just, I don't know. I, I could never process it. And I just remember, I'm like, you're hiding to hang out with me right now. Your, your phone was ringing from your mom. You're 25 freaking out. Like, oh my God, she's going to freak out if I'm around my black friend. Yeah. You know, cause, cause her mom and, and her opinion, I'm the animal. I'm wild. I'm making your daughter worse. Yeah. In reality, her Armenian friends were wildin'. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were like, we're experimenting. We this. We're going to play with some drugs. We're going to party. Meanwhile, she comes over to mine, and we're just talking about deep stuff. But yeah. in her mom's eyes, I'm an animal. I'm a bad influence. You're influencing her. I'm influencing her, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, this it, just this story that you just said, like, it, it ties back to me saying that there is a war on black bodies. And it brings me back to just the overall statement and the overall point that, like, we just have no respect. Like they have no respect for us mm -hmm. because, you know, the same, the same morning or that same weekend that George Floyd was murdered by the three cops. Four, right? Four, four, the four cops. Um, Kobe and G and Gigi's autopsy was released by God knows who. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you so badly, whoever did it, mm -hmm. you so badly wanted to either make a profit off of this or you so badly wanted to be talked about or you so badly wanted to see what the people's reaction was going to be mm -hmm. or you just enjoyed it so much that you wanted others to see right. that you leaked it not thinking that this is extremely dangerous violating it's so violating but it's also so dangerous for us to see 
these sorts of things because then it starts to become normal. Mm. We see these things. We see these videos. I mean, even when Nipsey was killed, Mm -hmm. that video was circling around the Internet for months. Mm -hmm. And every time like people were just retweeting it, I could never retweet anything like that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it, let alone I'm thinking like, imagine if that was someone I loved and everyone and everyone seeing exactly how he went. And it's also not like the Internet's this sensitive, kind place. People repost it with nasty comments. I mean, even I haven't watched the George Floyd video. I I, I haven't either. I don't want to see it. I I will not sleep. Mm -mm. I will be so paranoid for the black men in my life. Yeah, I um. I don't need to see it to become more angry. I'm angry yeah. enough. And yeah. um, it the visuals, we are all traumatized. Yeah. You know what I mean? The visuals are, um, it's so insensitive to have it traveling. I, I know there's certain people who feel like you got to see it. And I think for some, some do need to see it. Yeah, some some do. who don't get it. But some of us are so traumatized by so many videos of being shot and so many images and so many of our own experiences that we it's becoming a mental health issue we we are mm-hmm. traumatized like mm-hmm. even i called my dad and you know i said how how are you feeling and he just sounded so numb and he's like he's like this shit man this shit he's like i'm i'm in my 60s this shit he couldn't even come up with thoughts and and i i said i know you're exhausted i was like but this is this is the time to not quit. You I know. know this is the time to if you're not in your right mind to be front line at a protest, just at least tell people you're with them, you yeah. know, and he couldn't process it. Yeah. It's like 60 years ago was was segregation. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's seen that he's yeah. seen police, you know, unleashing their dogs and fire hoses like yeah. that and was he's my from parents. Chicago. He's from Chicago. Racism ain't no joke in at Chicago. Oh, that's what you I'm know. Saying. That's where it's like they call him black men boy. Yeah. Um, Still. Yeah. And so he's he's exhausted. But it's also like we are all so traumatized and it's just become so normal that we're kind of just like. This is the way things are. Yeah. You know, even you saying, how old were you when your parents had the talk? We're not afforded sensitivity mm-hmm. of, of tiptoeing, of sugarcoating. I remember I was like, God, why does everything have to be this that deep, mom? Everything's not that deep, dad. Yeah, I want to do I want to do comedy. My dad goes, we need to have a talk. I'm like, it's comedy. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 no. Let me tell you one thing you will not do. Yeah. You will not have them laughing at you. He goes, so you make work that people respect, that you you make work that I respect, mm-hmm. that you respect, and that you do not have to cover your face and be embarrassed at your premiere. He mm-hmm. said, you will not do shit that brings our people down. I've worked my whole fucking life, mm-hmm. and I dare you to do some shit where <laughs> they look though. at us like animals. He goes, so you will be smart. You will be witty. You will mm-hmm. be 30 times better than anybody you step in the room with if you're going to do this. You will not embarrass me, yourself, or your family. Yeah. And when I when I heard that it clicked yeah there was no sugarcoating and and from that yeah I became smarter and wittier and and worked harder you wanted to be I wanted to be better and I wanted to make images you know and I remember my dad said there are exceptions he said but the funniest people do not need to be self-deprecating do not need to be bullies, do not need to be racist, and do not need to be mean to be funny. They Mm -hmm. can find a joke in anything. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, I don't want to shit on my people to make people Mm -hmm. laugh. I don't want to go on stage and go, yeah, because you know black people, (laughs) them and they're lazy. I'm not about Mm -hmm. to do that because guess what? The audience is not all black. 
Right. And if I see just a couple people who are not black laughing, laughing. at our pain, I'm going to be like, no, 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 we're going to fight. <laughs> Even when I see retweets where I'll be like, y'all niggas something, something. And it's 70,000 retweets. I know, you know you're not, not all black. black. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's this sticky. And, and that's why for me, I, I try not to include the N word when I do music. Yeah. I don't. You can love my song. If you sing along and I hear that shit and you're not black. I know. You know, I. I and a lot of people don't even know that there's something wrong with that. I've had no. friends who, you know, we were listening to SZA. We listened to Kendrick. Like yeah. Kendrick had this. He almost got canceled. What was that? 2016, 2017. He was at a festival. He brought a white girl on stage, a young white girl. And um, they were singing. All right. Yeah. We going to be all right. Like. Right. And this girl, she says the N word. And he didn't realize that that's what was going. I mean, in his mind, he processed that she was going to bleep it out. So he's like, you know, he's not thinking like, oh, I'm bringing a white girl on stage. He just picked her out the crowd. So she says it and he goes, whoa, 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 cut, cut it, cut everything. Yeah. And he had to tell her on stage, I'm sorry, but you can't say that word. Power. And they tried to murder this man for it. You're being a bully. You shouldn't have brought her on stage if that's what you were going to do. He didn't know. He didn't know that that's what she was going to do. And how is it flipped on him when, guess what? That is a word. And that's one thing I will never understand with the N-word. You know better. There are so many slurs. But for some reason, it's like, oh, I can't say that. It's like this, this sick thrill and forgive me something feels like slavery when people just are dying to use it i'm like what is this thrill you're getting to be able to use a word that you know comes with pain well y'all use it we reinvented this word yeah you know what i'm saying but just as quickly as somebody could be like yeah girl you know you're my nigga you can be like this fucking niggas man and it's so it's so it's so different when we use it like when we use it we're making light out of it we're yeah. not saying, oh, them, like, we're literally like, nigga, please. Like, you know, like, yeah. it's so quick and so funny. Yeah. Like, and so then you see specifically these women yeah, who love black men. Yeah. Nine out of 10, they're not referring to black men as black men. No. They're referring to them as niggas. It makes you my know how skin niggas crawl. Like, I cannot. When Ooh. I see that, I'm like, yo, that shit's not. I, I know you're doing it because you think it's cute. It's not. It's, it's not cute. But that's where a lot of us fall is we allow. Oh, well, my black best friend never had a problem with it. We al- so many of us, they should already know better. But when I see or come across black people who go, it's just not that deep. Like, yeah, I let my friends say yeah. it. I look at them and I go, do you yeah. realize what a part of the problem you are? I like, know. Granted, no, everybody's in control of themselves. I'm not saying like, and they got permission and it's all on us. But for the people who let their friends slide mm-hmm. now, Mm-hmm. Is the time for accountability. Yeah. Account of motherfuckability. Yeah. Tell somebody that word has history. And I promise you, if you let your friends use it, there will be a day that you hear it and it makes your skin crawl and you regret it. I you know. know? And, I know. I and it's, know. And I've heard it. I remember there was, you know, I was around somebody and their family used it and they, you know, they kind of let it slide. And I, I didn't really know how to speak up. I felt I felt small. I felt outnumbered. I, I didn't have the strength to do it. And it wasn't until one day you know, everything was cool. You know, it was chill, whatever. One day they said it and it just was like, oh, wait, 
there's there was hate under that one. So you so you hold, heard it multiple times. Yeah. And you were just like, okay, whatever. I didn't, it's not a big. Just, I kept telling my friend, I'm like, this has got to stop. But okay. it was huge family get-togethers yeah. that were not my family, and yeah. I'm like, I didn't know, you yeah. know, I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have the tools to. And they didn't want to be educated. That's a right. tough thing too. Is certain people go, I don't give a shit what yeah. you got to say. Yeah. And and that will just lead you to being no, but hear me. And yeah. this is, I don't give a shit about your culture. I say this and I said it my whole mm-hmm. life. And so I knew it wasn't a battle I could fight by myself. I needed that person to do it with me, but they weren't willing. Mm-hmm. And I remember the one day somebody in their family slipped up and said it. I looked at them and I said, Now what? I just got chills. I, I said, chills Now what? Right now. And and he goes, I I think I have to talk to my entire family. They can't use that word. He said, they've used that word my entire life. They can't use that word anymore. And we just sat in silence. I sobbed. I sobbed. I said, that word. I said, I love your family, but that word. I was like, you know, and and it was. And right in front of me. And right in front of me. Have some respect. Yeah, but I think it's, people just don't care. And, you know, it's. When you hear the hate under it and you go, wait, you use that word when I'm not around and you use it different, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, you are considering me the way you're using it right now. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Cause you're being like, oh, well, let me just be light about it. Yeah. When I'm not around, I'm sure you're like, yeah, yeah. man. And I was outside and this fucking nigger stepped in front of me. Yeah. I'm sure it is a really comfortable word for you. You know and what's that even me- sicker? So I'm mixed. Most people know I'm mixed. I, my mom's side is Mexican and my dad's side is black. So my dad's side of the family, I was never really too around because I mean, his dad had passed. Like I just don't have family on that side really. But so I was always around my mom's family and the majority of the women in my mom's family have black kids. Mm -hmm. The majority of the women in my mom's side of the family, they have either black husbands or black baby daddies. Mm -hmm. So all of us, the majority of my cousins, we're all mixed. Every single last one of us. But for some reason, all of them, I don't know if it's, if, if it was their experience or if it was a fad, like, I don't know what the hell it was, but till this day, they call their children niggers. Oh. And that, that, me growing up seeing that, I I was one of the only ones whose mom was like, don't call my daughter that. All the rest of them, they're just like, yeah. like, it's funny to them. Like, oh, shut up. Like, oh, you, you shouldn't teach her that word that young. Like, oh, don't. But they, their hate for their black partner or their black ex or whatever runs so deep that they'll be like, oh, that's your nigger daddy calling. Like it'll literally. Yes. Yes. It's, it's really, it runs. So the hate in, in my Mexican side, it runs so deep towards black people. Like to the point where like I, I've, so I've talked about this. I've had maybe two or three birthday parties the two or three birthday parties that I've had in my life, my grandpa was still alive for my great grandpa. And he was like the light, the, the light of my eye. Like I loved him like no other. This I did not know about him. Um, 
at the end, he loved to drink. He loved to party. All of all of them do. So he loved to drink. He loved to party. He loved to smoke, whatever. By the end of every night, every time there was a party, he made sure to make my black side of the family who did show up very uncomfortable. He made sure to say, pick up all this shit, niggers. What? And I had no idea until just recently, maybe like two, three years ago. I had no, like, I hold my grandpa in, like, the highest light ever. Like, I just, I remember all of his stories. I hold them tight. I be laughing with Mark about them. I'm like, oh, Umi walks slow. My grandpa, he used to always clown on me because I was, like, the slowest walker he knew. Like, I, I hold him so high. But just recently, I learned this, and I was just like, ooh, what does it mean? Does it mean you hate me, too? Like, like I think of these things, and I'm just... Am I the exception? Like, what? why do you use, why do you use this word, but why do you look at these people? Why do you look at black people like they are such a problem? What have right. they done to you? Right, right. What have they done? Right. It's also, did you just have a few bad run-ins and you define the race as that? Right. You know, yeah. like, because I've had bad run-ins with many different, ra- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't hold that against the whole. The whole entire. People. I'm yeah, not no. like, oh, man, yeah. And this, you know, this one Filipino lady, she was mean to me. So Filipino ladies are mean. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And yeah. for some reason, one bad apple changes somebody's whole world on how they view us. I know. And sometimes it's not even a bad apple. They're just born thinking we are lazy evil whatever they think we are and and it's sad and it's unfortunate when you know I used to um I'm just now being able to reclaim the word articulate and not be offended by it like Mm -hmm. I think before I remember it it never sat well with me when I'd meet people and of other races and they'd be like wow you are so articulate really it would be like wow, this black girl can really talk. You really clearly got your thoughts out. Go, girl. Like, wow, you formed a full sentence. And now I kind of use it amongst my own people. Like, I aspire to be articulate. You know, and and articulate just means clearly articulating and getting across your thoughts. But when I was younger, it felt really tense and racist. Like, you know, like, wow, so well-mannered and articulate she is. It's like, can't believe she speaks so well. Like, that black girl? Mm -hmm. And, um... And it's just so interesting. There's so many words that we have to redefine for ourselves, and, and you know, even well-mannered. I used to hate that. I'm like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm well-mannered. Did you expect me to come up in here and be like, wah, wah, I got to talk <laughs> like, I don't speak English, yeah. but I'm, I'm wildin'. It's yeah. like they wanted me to be an animal yeah. to justify what they thought about black people. Yeah. So, wow, what? She said, thank you. Yeah, I was raised right. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like me who were raised. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why is it shocking to you yeah. that I know how to behave myself? Why are you expecting animal behavior from a human being? And and I get it. There are some of us who wild out, who trip. There's some Asian people who wild out and trip. Yeah. Some white people who, you know, wild out and trip. Mexican people who wild out and trip. Why are we so, you know, punished? At the same time, though, and, and you know, I, I sit with myself a lot and I think about this. Umi's not a Leo, but let's just say he was. I believe that every single person has a purpose, has a path, has a destiny placed on them, has a personality already embedded into them before they fully tap into them. If my child is we and Ralph's and he growling like a lion, 
gonna let him growl like a lion. If that's what he feels <laughs> like he wants to do, if he wanna hop around like a monkey, I'm gonna let him hop around like a monkey. But at the same time, better believe he's going to be very well wise and very well educated and know a lot of shit. Yeah. If I tell him, okay, Umi, it's time to calm down, he's gonna calm down. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. There's a time and a place to know that your child still has to be a child carefree yeah. and a lot of a lot of our people we're so afraid to let our children be children because i my parents raised me the exact same way mm-hmm. can't do that mm-hmm. cross your legs don't embarrass me don't embarrass me yeah because it was like there's just no room we're all so mature at such a baby age at such a young age yeah. because our parents know that when we that when they take us to an office, when they take us down to school, when when they take us anywhere with them or without them. Yeah. One, you represent me. And two, they already expect you to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. So you have to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the business of proving anyone wrong anymore. And I don't need my child to prove anyone wrong anymore. You be who you're supposed to be. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about what they think. If you know deep down in your heart that this is something that you're feeling, if you feel you got to speak up, if there's a room of white people that that are talking about something that are saying the N word and you feel very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you speak up and you yell and you wild out if that's what you feel. Because I am no longer like this whole situation. I mean, I've thought it since since before, since before, before, before. I've taken black history classes. I've taken I've gone to expositions. I've done all that I feel I need to do or I needed to do in that time to where it all kind of boiled down to. They fear our freedom. Mm. They don't like when we when we are ourselves because yeah. you know what it does? It shifts the culture some more. Yeah. It makes their kids love us even more. Yeah. It has all of our faces on every single channel they change to. Even I mean even music that that was taken over by other cultures, rock and roll was mm-hmm. black. Mm-hmm. You know when they're like rock is art. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll was black. Mm-hmm. You know, blues, mm-hmm. jazz, you know, you go R&B, to any of those genres now, anything like rock and roll was yeah. black, you know, uh, when they would do bebop, that was all of it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so there's so much power in a culture. Pop. pop yeah. Pop was black. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's it, black people have found so many ways to innovate and be creative through their pain. And I think that's what terrifies people is like these people never quit. Mm-hmm. These people are so talented and just give it up mm-hmm. but the, the smart people go damn i love black culture and black people i'm gonna embrace it mm-hmm. like they, they bring some shit to the table mm-hmm. but a lot of people go how have they not crumbled as a people and i feel like that's what's so beautiful about what's happening right now is that we are all collectively so tired mm-hmm. i mean even when we were to, when we were texting like mm-hmm. You trying to record this episode? Uh, maybe tomorrow. Like we, we did not want to do this are, episode. <laughs> we are so 
tired of talking about it, of talking about it, of having of to living put our, it, <laughs> of living it, of, of having to put our bodies on the line, yeah. of having to speak up to sp- and speak out to educate people. We have people reaching out left and right. Are you good? Are you OK? Do you need anything from me? Is there anything that I need to? I don't want to educate anybody else anymore. I don't want to tell you what you should be doing for me. I don't want you to reach out to me asking me how I am. Yeah. How do you think? Do something. How do you think I am? Right. Right. Not in the mood. So why did you hit me? Like, I'm not in the mood. And no, I'm not going to respond to you instantly. Stop blowing me up. I have people who are blowing me up right now Mm. who are literally like, hey, just checking in. I know this might seem a little... Yeah. Uh, you know, like I have that and I'm just like, I get it. I get it. And I res- and I and, and you know, you're trying. I appreciate you're, it. You're trying. It's just not I enough for me. It. You're not black. I don't hate you because of that. Like, I have no issue with you. Yeah. I love you just as much as I love any other any of my other friends. But at the same time. Yeah. I was talking to Rhapsody about this. We have to let these people who think, who have, who have the privilege of always speaking up, who have the privilege of always being acknowledged, who have had the privilege all their life as being deemed worthy, as being deemed uh, self-sufficient, as being deemed all of these incredible, phenomenal words, these uplifting words. We, we have to put them in their place sometimes and say, right now is not about you. I don't care about your feelings right now. If you're hitting me multiple times throughout the day and I'm not responding, it's because I don't care about what you have to say right now. I'm with my people and I'm trying to uplift my people right now because you have failed all these years to understand where I've been all my life. So I no longer have, I don't have the capacity in this moment to respond to you. I'm sorry. I, and I know you're going to want a conversation out of me. I can only talk to people who completely understand. I'm not trying to educate anyone right now. Wow. See, m- my white friends who've been hitting me up have been more so been like, here's what I'm doing for the cause. If you want to get involved or I'm going to this march. And I'm like, I like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, li- I like that. It's special. Like one That's of my, special. uh, one of my homegirls, my closest friend from high school hit me up and was like, I'm, I'm going to put together, um, a collection of art pieces from different people in Hollywood and sell them and donate everything, you know, to, uh, you know, bonding people out of jail or, or whatever it is. And she goes, would you like to donate a piece? Mm-hmm. And I said, I would love that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and, and just to see, That's different. I didn't have to educate you. That's and then different. I appreciate Cause I'd be tired if it was like, what can I do? Yeah. There's so much info and so many links and mm. so many look online. Yeah. It is not my job to educate you, but I think it's, it's, it's overwhelming for all of us. It's yeah. overwhelming for black people because we're tired. It's overwhelming for, you know, a lot of white people who feel embarrassed of yeah. the people who haven't been supporting the cause or are just like, my family's racist, but I'm not. I'm yeah. with you guys. Yeah. Everyone's uncomfortable, you know? Everyone. And, you know, and, and that's why I think it was so important. We are not trying to make anybody feel um, weird or attacked with this podcast. We want you to listen and go, that gave me perspective. Yeah. That's our entire goal. And and today's episode, we want to just kind of dive into our personal experiences with the police because maybe you heard other stories and they just didn't touch you or, you know, you can't tap into this feeling and you want to. Mm-hmm. You want to care. But mm-hmm. you're just like, eh, I heard that. and Or I've just never felt it. I've never felt it. So I, I physically do not understand. Yeah. 
how how you can feel that way, how how you can even survive right. that way. And sometimes you need to hear a story yeah. and, and go, you know, and that might be today. And mm-hmm. if it isn't, I hope you keep fighting for that. And in the process, fighting for justice, even if you don't feel that anger, that burn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you had written out, you know, I appreciate you planning all of this. You had written out some questions about mm-hmm. the police. Um, so I kind of want you to just dive into that because I think our, us sharing our experiences are just so interesting, you know. So... Um, so like you said, the, the, the overall topic of this is, you know, like obviously black history, what we've been through, what we're going through, et cetera, et cetera. But we want to, we want to place focus on just like police, police brutality, um, fear, fear, um, all of the systematic oppression, um, the things that we've felt, the things that we've been through, um, the things that have been sent, said to us. Mm-hmm. But so with that being said, the first question is, how young were you when you first realized that you had trauma regarding the police? Uh, I, I can't remember ever not being afraid of the police. I can't remember when it clicked. I remember... You know, even see my experience is interesting, too, because, you know, I had a famous dad growing up. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people detach from their blackness because of money. That's a whole Mm -hmm. nother conversation. Like, I remember, you know, when ASAP Rocky had said those things and was like, I don't know what's going on in Ferguson. I'm in Soho. I'm making money. I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's a, a you know, people detach. They're like, well, you can't touch me. I'm rich. And then a couple years later, it was free free Rocky, free Rocky, free Rocky. Period. And my dad never detached from it. You know, my Mm -hmm. dad's a real Chicago street dude. And he was just like, listen, it don't matter where we live Mm -hmm. we're in a mansion in bel-air right now they don't give a fuck they will follow us home and think we stole this house and i remember you know we'd be nervous if there were sirens or okay don't look back don't look back and i'm like i didn't do anything don't look back you know what i mean it's like because then you look suspicious i'm like (laughs) i'm four like how does me turning my head look suspicious you know and i remember just feeling like i remember there was one police i can't remember where it was or but he smiled at me and it made me so nervous and i'm like why did his smile make me nervous like i just i i can't pinpoint uh, a waking up moment of like oh i don't feel safe i know it got worse and worse the older i got you know and we'll dive into that but um but yeah i i just remember my dad being like it don't matter what we got Mm -hmm. they don't give a shit Mm -hmm. we're still black before we got money Mm -hmm. you know period what about you um can you put an age on it? Can I put an age on it? Or was it just kind of always like they're not our friends? <laughs> I think I think it started when I was about maybe I was around four or five. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I my dad would talk about it all the time. He would tell me how he got pulled over. They told him to come uh, get out the car. They put a gun to his head. They put him on the ground. He he would tell me these stories throughout my life. But, you know, I would I would be visiting my auntie Sunday's house and she lived on Vermont and 83rd, Vermont and 83rd. And if you know that area, it's ridiculous, ridiculously gang infested. And there's constantly shootings. There's constantly chaos. So meaning the cops are always around the corner. You hear them all night long. You hear them all day. Yeah. Um, you go out in the middle of the day to go get 
an ice cream cone from the ice cream truck uh, coming down the street. And then you see the police coming right after them and you're like, oh shit, never mind. And you run inside. Mm. Um, you, you know, you're in any car, you're in any car and you know, you, you have your, you have your, uh, the little window, the little mirror that comes down, mm-hmm. um, on the little visor thing in the car and the lights come on and they go, close that because the light's on or you try to turn the light on because you're looking for something as someone's driving Mm. and they go turn that shit off if the cops see us they're gonna pull us over a light i think that's like with a lot of black like i remember i was in the car with my white friend and she turned on the light and was like "Hmm." and i'm like girl how we gonna get pulled over like it was like you do not i i swore that that was like a real law of like illegal you will go to jail if this light is on and we are moving wait until a stoplight pull it down and pull it back up yeah. if you look at the mirror. But you yeah. know why? Do you know why? No. Because, well, from what I've heard, I'm sure there's a million reasons, but from what I've heard is because they think that you're either, like, rolling a blunt, cooking up some, like, cutting oh. up some, some, some coke, some doing something wow. to where black people have it invested in their minds that if I have the light on, I'm going to be a target because they're going to think that I'm doing drugs in the car. Bitch. Oh, God. We were all, it's like we all had the same childhood in a sick way. I know. But. Wow. This is, I think, this is, this is the first time I would say I, I, I had an encounter, an encounter with the police and it traumatized me or maybe I was already traumatized. I don't exactly know what, but I was living in this apartment that I had lived in my entire life and the police, they were chasing someone. Um, he was a, he was a Hispanic dude and I lived in the building I lived in. I lived in the most random apartment. Like it's not, it wasn't easily accessible. There wasn't a gate around the building, but it wasn't easily accessible. You had to like run up the stairs, et cetera, et cetera. So we didn't know that there was a chase going on. This man runs into our apartment and I think I'm sleeping my mom's in the kitchen cooking and my dad hadn't got home from work yet. And all I hear is my mom saying, get the fuck out, get out, get out, get out. Get, like she's yelling at him. Like she's panicking, get the fuck out. And I woke up cause I was like, what is happening? Like what is going on? And by the time I didn't even, I, I was so like, so scared and so confused as to what was going on. I just laid in bed and was like, I am not going out there. God knows what could have happened. Like, I didn't know that someone had ran in. I thought maybe my dad was home and my mom was yelling at him. I, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew in my head I was not getting out of bed. And so by the time I decided to be nosy and like go to the bathroom to see what was going on, the police were at the door. And my dad was on his way. And in my head, I was like, I hope they're gone before he gets here. Mm. And that's all I could think of in that moment as I'm sitting in the bathroom with my ear to the door, nosy as hell, wondering what's going on. I have no idea. I was extremely young. But all I remember is like, please don't show up now. Please don't show up now. Please don't show up now. Even though that probably would have or would protect my mom more. Mm. having my dad around 
But somehow I knew in my head this can I, escalate. that this can escalate if my dad comes and they see that a black man lives here. Wow. And it's never gotten easier since then. I'll say that. Like, it's, it's never, you know, I think about it constantly. I told my friend this the other day. The one, the one conversation I had the capacity for um, was my white homegirl reached out to me and she said, you know, I didn't know it was this bad. Um, I didn't know this was still going on. You know, I think the the world right now, we're all very confused. We don't know what to do. Um, she said, can you remember, like, when did this start? Can you, she asked me like, can you remember when, can you, can you give me an example of what trauma they bring to you? And I said, oh, I have a perfect example. I said, Mark and I, one day, we were, we, every, every week, about two or three times, we go to eat Indian food because that's Umi's favorite food. Mm-hmm. And there's times when he doesn't want to eat. So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, if we know that he's going to eat this, we'll just go and pick something up. Let's get some we'll tikka masala, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so there was one day, Umi had to be maybe like 13, 14 months, like just turned one. Um, we pull in. They're not open yet. Umi's sleeping in the in the back seat, and we're just chilling in the parking lot. They open in like thirty minutes, so we're just sitting there talking, laughing, whatever. And this white girl pulls uh, to the side of us, and she has a nice car. She has like a Mercedes Benz, whatever. And we hear the sirens go off, and we both like both of our hearts drop because we're like, was that like we're thinking they're coming for us? Probably, I don't know, like, why are you guys sitting here? Like, what are you doing? So we both look back and then we immediately look forward. Like, I don't, is it for us? I don't know. Just don't, don't even look just. And then Marco's not, I think it's for the girl next to us. So we're like, okay. So we're just like trying our best not to look over because in our minds, if he even sees that there's black people in this car, he's going to come up to the window and say, what are you guys doing? So we just sit in there being low key ducking like and then we see that he he said, you know, you made the wrong turn. You weren't it wasn't a left turn here. So I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And the white girl goes. Oh, my fucking gosh, I can't stand you guys. And we like it gives me chills thinking about it. We both looked at each other and we were like, if we ever if we ever ever dare get the fuck out of the car and get on the floor. exactly so so she was like i can't fucking stand you guys like what are you giving me a ticket for like blah blah so then she didn't have her registration she didn't have her registration she had her license she didn't have her insurance she said this is my boyfriend's car and he was like where does your boyfriend live she said up the street and he was like okay so can you call him can you call you call can you call him no hesitation. Picked up the phone. She looking all around. She all in the glove department. And we're just sitting there watching. But be mindful that the whole time we're watching, we're like, oh like, I hope he doesn't look over at us. Mm. So then he goes, OK, you know what? Whatever. Because he, he wasn't picking up. The boyfriend wasn't picking up. He goes, OK, you know what? Whatever. Get out of the car. And she, he goes, give me all of your information. Give me your ID. I'm going to give you this ticket and you can be you can go. That was it. Wow. So so I just remember thinking in that once he once he sped he left, he sped off. Me and Mark were like, 
we looked at each other and we were like, why were we so nervous? Like we, the whole time telling you like this, the Indian place had opened. Umi had waken up everything. We were not getting out of the car. Well, Be- being black is, is being afraid you will be seen as guilty when you did nothing. When you did nothing. When you did nothing. When you did nothing. But it, it's not even just that. It's like, even in our minds, like this is how twisted it is. In our minds, if we would have got out, in the, out of this car that had been sitting here for like God knows how long and he saw us, what would he, he have thought that we were doing? Right. That's literally what we were thinking in our head. Like he's probably like, you guys were sitting here the whole time. What are you doing? You know, like it could have been anything. Being black is imagining the worst and preparing for it. And being shocked when like nothing bad happens I know. around the police. It's like, if this happens, what are we going to, okay. Like we prepare I know. for it, you know, it's, it's, that's We don't trauma. even know. We don't even know. Like how you, how you just said, like, if this happens, what do we, we don't even know what we're going to do. We don't even know what we're going to say. If a cop is driving behind me, I'm telling you, I'm sweating bullets. Like, yeah. I'm like, like if I have my phone in my hands and I know they're behind me, I cannot take the risk of throwing my phone to the backseat or something because maybe they saw me texting. I can't do it. I have to know that my phone is easily accessible. So if God forbids something happens, I have to call someone and just be like, shut up. The cops just pulled me over and leave it on, on the passenger seat just in case. Yeah. Even when I, when I walk across a crosswalk, I'm nervous. If they're at the light, oh, I, I know. power, like, I'm just like, I know. I don't even want you to look at me. And when they smile, I'm just like, I don't want to smile for I you, know. you know? And, and I want us to say this because I, I don't think that every cop on earth is a horrible piece of shit, bad person. No. I want to make that very clear on this. I think that there are people who took on their job for the right reasons. Yeah. I think that, you know, we tend to focus on the people who are bullied and want that power or like, yeah. you know, or like, yeah, they're never going to play with me again. But I remember, what was his name? Like there was like a cop online, Officer Norman or something. Yeah. Remember? And the yeah. kids were like, Officer Norman. Yeah. There's certain people who. You can see their spirit. You can see their spirits. Yeah. But by allowing your coworkers to get away with shit, you become one of the bad guys. You know, or you're around it so much that you become influenced. Yeah. But we don't think, you know, I, I really want to make that clear. We're not like, oh, yeah, like, you know, fuck 12. Every single one is bad. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that. But our experiences and, and that's what it sounds like to be traumatized is that we don't have enough time to think, what if this guy has a great heart? We're just right. like, I hope he doesn't hurt me, you yeah. know, and and that's that's being traumatized. I was having this conversation with um this lady who I was having a play date with and she, she mentioned that she said, you know, I don't really fully understand what's going on. It's kind of annoying. You know, she does, she's not in our shoes, so she's not a black woman. So she was like, I don't really understand, you know, all of the looting. It seems really irresponsible. And she was like, you know, it seems like it's counterproductive, blah, blah, blah. She said, you know, there aren't all, she caught herself after she said this, but she was like, you know, all cops aren't bad. And then she paused. And then I was like, just looking around, waiting for the rest of the message. Cause I wasn't responding to just that. So I looked, so I'm looking around, ignoring her watching Umi. I'm like, be careful Umi. And she goes, you know, you know, there are, there are bad cops, but there are good cops too. The way that there, there aren't all black people aren't bad, but there are black be- people too, bad black people too. And so I, what bitch? No, <laughs> and I said, I said, look, this is true. This yeah. is, this is very true. I said, but, but just be mindful of this. All of, all of America is rioting right now. All of America is trying to peacefully protest. There have been cases d- yesterday, days ago, 
where cops have kneeled with us, where cops have hugged us, where they have marched with us from point to point. And then right after they killed one of us. How do you make excuses for that? It's not that it's not that you're bad. No, maybe you're not a bad cop. Maybe you're not this. Maybe you're not that. Whatever. But how are you so afraid of us mm-hmm. to where you can't even take the chance mm-hmm. to, to see us not comply, to see us struggle, to, to have us ask you questions, to say, why are you arresting me? To say, this is not fair for us to, to challenge you. Why are you so afraid of us to be challenged that you are willing to just shoot first? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. And so for that, for that reason specifically, yeah, okay, whatever. But I mean, yeah, there aren't all bad cops. All cops aren't bad. But because, and this is this is just me personally. This is me, Raina, speaking. Because my dad maybe has brainwashed the hell out of me, I can't risk thinking that maybe this is a good cop. And he's on my side. I can't. I can't risk that. I can't risk kneeling with you because what? You stand up quicker than me and shoot me in the head? No, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I cannot. I can. If if maybe we're at an event and I'm speaking and you have to patrol the place to make sure nobody hops on stage and comes and chokes me out or something. Okay, I can trust you in that situation. Mm. But if I'm on the street Mm -hmm. and you're on the street and we're sitting next to each other at a stoplight. I'm not looking at you and nodding my head. I'm not doing it because on the street, when you're not there to protect me, when you aren't being paid, even though you are being paid to protect me. Yeah. I can. I just I just can't. You know what? I can't take that risk. But you know what's so interesting is like um, I think it was maybe three days ago. um, I was talking to Wale. He called me and was like, uh, this is just like, what is, where's your brain on this? Like I have certain friends who just are wired differently to where like, they just need to get it out and yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like there's certain people who just, he's wired differently, yeah. you know, Virgo thinker, deep pro black. And, um, and the conversation led to an interesting place where, uh, we basically came to this conclusion where if they knew more about us, would they see us as human beings? Like if you knew, like I had kids and was like silly and like, you know, like, like if they just knew we were human beings and could relate to us, like, it's like, I don't know what it is that they're able to just see a face and go, there's not a life behind this. Like your kids, you know, like, do you realize our kids will miss us? Do you realize that like, we might work at a school and the kids love us? Do you realize that like, we have a hustle or a business like, and our, basically our entire combo was like, they refuse to put stories to us because it makes us too human. It's like, no, because I saw that guy. Like, do you stop and think if I have a kid, like, why won't care. you ask questions? You know they what I mean? They don't care. They'll kill us in front of our, of, in front no, I of know. our and, kids. And that's the whole point is they don't see a life. They see something that they have created in their head as threatening. But like, if only you knew what you were about to take from somebody else, you know, like if you knew more fun facts about me and that I'm fucking harmless. Like, it's like, it's so deep that I look at it like this. 
this goes back to slave times. And, and I know a lot of people, they don't like to think back to slave times. It, it seems so out of touch. It seems so out of date. It seems like yeah. it's just so far away to where you bring up slavery now and it's just like, come on, that's not even a part of the conversation. But this is why. Yeah. When we were slaves, when our ancestors were slaves, they made a point to kill black men and to rape black women. They impregnated black women. Um, and they, they made us have babies. They might've had babies. We might've had babies at the same time as them. And guess which baby's getting breastfed from our bodies, yeah. their children. So our babies are dying. Yeah. Our babies who we were who who are their babies too because they raped us. Yeah. Our babies are hated from the moment that they're born because uh madam <laughs> knows whose whose baby that is. So that baby from a mere age of 1 and 2 is going to sit on the field and fry wow. to death. Yeah. They do not it's 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 really hard to think this way and and for me it's easy because like i said i'm brainwashed i don't know but they don't see life they don't see life and they do not care they want us to have broken families because you know what that means we have to rely on them more and that's what they want they don't want us to be powerful they say okay if i if i kill this black man and he has three other kids and maybe they already don't have a mom because maybe she died at birth in our hospitals that killed her these three these three kids they're going to be foster care children in our system we're going to rape them there mm-hmm. it's just such a it's it's so it's heartbreaking it's it's heartbreaking it's sick and it, but it's reality. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people don't know these facts. A lot of people go, oh, I want to foster a child. I want to adopt a child one day. Go into, fo-. you know, they don't know the reality is that we are dying in every way that they can kill us. Every single, literally every single way. If they can kill us this way, they're going to kill us that way. They're going to find, they're going to, sp- they're going to put out spreadsheets and say, okay, let's kill this many of them today. Why do you think there's a stigma right now that black people have COVID? Like, and now what are they doing? All of the testing centers gone. Nobody can get tested unless they got money. They know we don't got money, but they know we out here marching because we have no other choice but to. Mm -hmm. So what are they going to do? They're going to let us die from COVID-19. Like, it's just literally a cycle of. No, it's of shit. Just yeah. literal, literal, just of hate. No, it's a, a never ending cycle, you know, and, and I had a conversation with somebody and they were like, yeah, but like, if you just look at like, like black health, like that's why they're dying quicker is like diabetes and this and the way that their bodies. I'm like, have you been to a black area and seen the food offered? Yeah. Like, have you, I remember I visited my family in Chicago and I was like, this is what y'all eat. Yeah. Like I was just like you know oh we have salad then they pour just thick amounts of like ranch on it and I'm just looking at food that clogs 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 but we we don't have you know we're not given those tools that that other people yeah. are to take care of ourselves yeah. we live in LA yeah. we're used to green juices and and that's that's a luxury yeah you know and people can laugh at us whatever our apple cider vinegar shots whatever we've been educated because yeah. of our city 
my family in the hood in Chicago, oh, yeah, they're like, wait, y'all eat what you what? Like, cause they're yeah, just no. not spreading the knowledge over there. And yes, you can look up online and whatever. And there are people who educate themselves in the mm-hmm. hoods and go, listen, I still want to learn whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if that's not the combo that's really going on, it's just not really the talk of the town. Anywhere. 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 And the whole family eats this way. The man, whole family don't know no better. Period. Even, you know, when, when I was with my ex and we'd always be in Compton visiting his family, there aren't salad places. Mm-mm. There aren't places that you can get steamed vegetables. It's like, oh, you can go to like El Pollo Loco and they have like some like, yeah. you know, cheesy yeah. fucking, you know. <laughs> Broccoli. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like the corn tastes frozen and yeah. horrible. Like, yeah. it's just like. They're not giving us ways to thrive. But I think that's what makes black people so incredible is we still fucking find the ways, you know? And that's what scares people is we've stepped on these people. We've enslaved these people. We've shit on them. We've made laws against them, but they don't crumble. And, and for me, that's what, you know, I inspires me. And, you know, we had this talk earlier about with police and, and how we were raised to react. I was raised off of fear. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't like that, Mm -hmm. but I was, I was raised to, um, no ma'am, no sir, mind your business. It's better to feel like they sunned you than for you to die. Mm -hmm. Put your fucking pride to the side Mm -hmm. and get your ass home. And I hate that, you know, but it's also, it's survival. And my mom, you know, just wanted to make sure that I got home safely. Yeah. And And this is, this is a really, this is a really big conversation, you know, that you that you eventually have no choice but to have when you have kids with another black when you have a a child with a black man mm-hmm. you know mark he's kind of like that he's kind of like you know i want umi to be respectful if he gets pulled over he wants him to survive yeah at the I end of the day survive. i want you to survive i want yeah. you to live i i, I want to respect know, i just want you to survive you and to survive. this is the game and i'm like if Umi gets pulled over for the wrong reason, he better fucking test that cop. Like, I'm mm. like, I don't give a fuck. Wow. I don't care. Like, it's, and I'm not saying I don't care about his life. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is somebody, somebody got to stand up for us. Yeah. We have to stand up for ourselves. And it sucks. And a lot of times, it's it's sad and it sucks to be raised in fear. But a lot of times, these conversations that we have with our kids to just you know sit back and to comply and to be obedient with with just this 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 person, these set of people, it eventually trickles down to every area of your life. Mm-hmm. It moves over to you know your white teachers. It moves over into you know your white professors. Mm-hmm. It moves over into like even the fact that a lot of us, we go to the, the doctors and our doctor's white or our doctor's Asian or whatever. And we're we're deathly afraid to tell them that like we're not versions, just shit like that. Like yeah. we're so afraid because we've never been we've never had the privilege to be comfortable mm. to the point where I've made a point where I've I've decided I'm at a point where I've decided that I have to undo a lot of shit. I have to undo a lot of fear. So when it came to having Umi even, I said, I need a black midwife to listen to me, to listen to me, to understand me, to, to, to talk to me and tell me, you know, the reality of the situation, Mm -hmm. but to tell me that she's going to do every single thing that she possibly can to make sure that I survive while I'm in labor, 
labor while I give birth because they're not going to do that for you. Well, also for a lot of people listening who don't know the facts, I don't know the exact statistic, but I believe it's like three or four times more likely that black yeah. women, a lot of doctors ignore them, yeah. you know, when they're giving birth it's three times and more. three times more likely um, to die during childbirth. So if, if just so that, you know, kind of puts it into perspective, if you don't know that statistic, um, a lot of them say, no, 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 this pain is so bad. Oh, no, you'll be fine. Um, but a lot of right. black women are being silenced. And then instead Even of it being the greatest day of their life, mm-hmm. it should be celebrating bringing life into the world they bring life in and they pass away and then our black fathers are stuck alone doing mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. um and so for i just wanted to put that in perspective for people listening who didn't understand why you wanted um mm-hmm. you know a black woman on your team and there birth. are public figures who speak out about these things all the time i mean you see serena uh williams beyonce almost died in childhood. beyonce yeah yeah like money and money doesn't that's the thing about being black money doesn't exempt you mm-mm. you know it's you know, uh, there's certain people that they look at as untouchable, like Beyonce or yeah. Oprah. But Beyonce's with Jay Z. Yeah, and yep. you know what I mean. The people who love her might be like, I love her, but like it's like it's they don't care. Like they. I don't- mean, it's even Serena. Now she has a white man. It's like, oh, you have a white man. Like right. I don't give a f- like. Right. No. Yeah. It's it's like no matter how much money you have, there's an angle that they can come at to invalidate your life. Um, Was I- there anyone in your family? who who gave you like the tools who was woke who gave you gems who let you know like what this world was or or were you beyond just like police brutality but just just like how to how to live and how to survive in the everyday world uh my dad your dad I mean, my dad is just stupid wise like wise but i think the greatest gift he could have given me when I decided to be a performer was reminding me to include substance in my art. You know, I was 17 writing deep shit. Like yeah. I was, you know, writing about abusive relationships and blackness and all this shit. Like I knew my art had to have purpose mm-hmm. because, you know, my dad looked at me. He was like, you want to change the world? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, he's like, you need power. Mm-hmm. You need money. Mm-hmm. You need resources and you need respect. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so by the way to get that is creating art that has purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, you know, like I said, people see comedy as something light. Mm-hmm. Comedy's power, you know. Um, you can include jokes and and strategically put in politics and comedy. You can, you know, just kind of rise to the top and then go, wow, I'm able to give back now. Like, yeah. I have always, I won't say struggled, um, Because, of course, like, if I ever needed something, my parents were there. But they believed once you're an adult, you pay for your life. So there have been moments of struggle for me. Moments where I had 40 bucks to my name or had to borrow from this or borrow from that or was just like, fuck, I don't have money for groceries. It's not that there was not money available. But it's like, how long can you pull from your parents as a grown woman? I had to struggle through certain things. And, um, And through doing that, you know, you realize the value of a dollar. You realize the value of of just getting your shit together. And I remember I would tell my dad, I'm like, the thing that I'm most excited about to have money is to give back. Yeah. Like, you know, like the other night I was on Twitter 
um, just giving out money to people who needed to buy groceries for their kids. And I'm like, this is a high. Like, yeah. how amazing <laughs> that I finally have enough money where I can go, oh, yeah, I could give a thousand away. That's yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my dad educated me on if you want to shift the world, you need power, mm-hmm. you need money, mm-hmm. and you need them to respect you, mm-hmm. period. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he, our conversation with cops, of course, was tense. And I know that comes from, you know, him being a black man from Chicago who's seen people get murdered so many times. But did he, did he ever talk to you about like the history of us? Like slavery? Did you know about that? Were you taught that in school? Were you taught that at home? Um, because a lot of us don't. I didn't go, he didn't go deep, deep into slavery for, for us. It was more so because my dad's entire legacy of, of why he is who he is was creating images that empowered black people. Right. So ours was more so like I dug into avenues that a lot of people don't talk about, like right. like um, minstrel shows or mm-hmm. like blackface. Like I mm-hmm. knew blackface when I was 10, okay. you know, like the average person's like, See, and I didn't. Yeah. Like it was less slavery and more so like all right, I'm going to educate you. These were white men who who painted their faces black, put on big white lips and, and made fun of us. Sometimes they had us do it ourselves. Sometimes they looked at the women and laughed at their bodies. Like, so those were early combos yeah. for me. Um, or, you know, he'd be like, I'm going to show you two types of comedy. This one, they're laughing with her. Yeah. This one, they're laughing at her. That's deep. And I'd be like, I don't want to do that. You know, like I could see where, where, the laughs are different. Like That's there education. Was, there was hate in some of the laughs. Like yeah. when they cut to the audience and it's somebody who's really playing the stereotype, like, and then, you know, I'm like, uh, and then the white people are like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, they think this is funny. Yeah. They don't think she's funny. Yeah. They're like these blacks, man. Yeah. And, and he showed me, he was like, you can make jokes. You will not be the joke. Yeah. So, you know, I think we had different conversations that um, still targeted blackness and images and, and more so guided, like, yes, this is your history, but with you going into this, here are your guidelines. Okay. Here's what you should avoid as an entertainer because it takes one fuck up and you're done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, it, I mean, but he kept it so real with anything in my life. Yeah. Boys, this. I mean, my dad knows my entire life romantically. <laughs> it's probably inappropriate. He's like, y'all still, you know. I'm like, oh, no, I don't I don't sleep with him anymore. Dad. He's like, oh, I know you like that guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was cool. Um, So my dad knows all my business, but... um. But yeah, it was more so let me kind of prepare you within the last 50 years what happened Mm -hmm. because that'll kind of help you guide because you're taking on a big, you know, and my dad always from when I was young, he was like, you got it. He goes, you, Mm -hmm. he goes, I I would never lie to you. He goes, yeah, I'm your dad, but I I don't feel required to support you because I'm your dad and go, yeah, man, you got that thing. Mm -hmm. My dad's a realist. He's going to be like, uh, you need work, you know? (laughs) And so (laughs) he really, you know, he had those talks with me about like, you, you ain't going to go out there and be a coon. I knew what a coon was yeah. at 10. Like, I I'd, didn't. <laughs> like I'd be like, oh, yeah, you want to go shuck and jive? You want to be a coon? We need to power to the people. So, yeah. <laughs> so my, you know, activism started through humor mm-hmm. in a weird way of like, I'm not going to let them laugh at us. I'm going to make sure that the jokes are funny to everyone, but doesn't make me small in the process. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but then it was like, you know, in, in compared to that, my ex was really militant. And very, you know, I mean, I was dating Malcolm X. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So with my dad being like, comply, listen, yes, no. Mm-hmm. My ex yeah. was like, <laughs> listen, he was like, you know, fuck them cops. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to speak up as a black man. I have a right in America. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So it was so yeah. different yeah. dating someone <laughs> who had no fear at all. Yeah. Because it's it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. But then in the same, it's terrifying. Yeah. Because 
he would say shit like, man, I don't care. I'll die for the cause. Yeah. I'll die. I'll and, I, and for me, words have power. Words have yeah. stop saying that, Definitely. you know? But he, he was so inspired by Pac and, and Malcolm X and James Baldwin mm-hmm. and all, all of the Black Panther movement. And he did not believe in sitting down and shutting up. He's like, if he gonna look me in my eye, I'm gonna stand up so he can look me in my eye. He's mm-hmm. like, and so sure, I might put my hands up and I'm gonna keep talking. And, you know, and I know we had discussed about going into that of, of the fears of dating or being engaged to or marrying a Black man and worrying about them coming home safely mm-hmm. and especially worrying you know, when we talked about this, I said, you know, Mark is very level headed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure he can lose his cool, but he's level headed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my ex was passionate. He was yeah. tired. Yeah. He was so tired of racism that he's like, I'm not letting you do this to me again. Yeah. You know, and I, I will never, ever, ever forget one time we were on the phone. And um, I don't think there's anything worse than being on the phone when something bad happens, because what can you fucking do? Mm-hmm. Um, we were on the phone. We were talking about something. And he was like, man, hold on. This this cop's walking over to me. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, all right, be cool. Be cool. Be cool, right? He's not listening to shit. I'm no. He's like, bitch, I'm going to stand. Hold on. He's like, hold on. I'm like, be cool. Be cool. Hold on. Hold on. He's like, yes, sir. Do you? He's like, man, what, what did I do? And he's like, I'm not standing down for shit. And I could hear it escalating. Sir, I'm just asking. And I'm asking you. And I'm like, on the other end, just like my heart, just like, and, and I'm like, be cool, be cool, be yeah. cool. And he's like, you know, no, I want to da 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 And at this point, I'm like, I admire you're fearless, but you're also not invincible. And I need you. So I need you to be able to pull back enough mm-hmm. to come home to me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I get it that you're willing to die for this shit. Yeah. And I admire that. Mm-hmm. But I would die if you died. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And and it's it's that constant back and forth loving a black man of I want you to have your pride mm-hmm. and I want you to stand up for yourself, but I need you. I'm sure if if Mark was like, no, I want to cuss out these cops and yeah, they got a gun on me, you'd be like, at the end of the day, you have a son yeah. in this situation, babe. Yeah. You got to come home to me. Yeah. And, and it's hard. See, it's different because you knew that that's how he was, so that's what you fear for. Mm-hmm. When I think of Mark leaving the house, I don't think of him losing his cool... I don't think of like what could possibly happen if he got pulled over other than they're going to kill him. Like, I don't think about anything else, even though he follows the rules, even though he follows the rules, even though he's extremely respectful, even though he is a very charming person who can speak to you exactly how you want him to speak to you, who can, who who's wise enough to say, okay, officer, I hear you. Like, I don't think any of those things matter. Once in my head, if a cop pulls, like I was telling you, there was one time when he took my car and I didn't know he was taking it and I left weed in the glove department. And, you know, that's where the registration is. That's where the insurance is. Mm -hmm. So if he were to get pulled over, Mm -hmm. he would go straight there. Mm -hmm. All my weed is in there. Mm -hmm. I am telling you, I was in cold sweats. I could not go to sleep till he got home around three, four in the morning. I was freaking out. Mm. And, you know, he's not really the type of person to like everywhere he goes, he goes, hey, I just tapped in. I just got here. I just touched down. He's not that type of person. Right. So I'm just like, he leaves, let's just say he leaves at 5 p.m. It's like seven or eight. 
I don't know if he made it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting there walking back and forth like he's he's actually I know exactly what happened. I texted him. I said, hey, where are you at? He didn't respond to me. So I'm like, OK, whatever. Um, I'm still dying on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so I text him again. Maybe an hour later, I go, are you at the studio? He didn't respond. So I I'm telling you, I might have cried. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, where is he at? I called him. I FaceTimed him. He did not respond. So then he calls me. He eventually at some point throughout the night, he FaceTimes me. He goes, Hey, Hey, what's going on? And I was like, why did you take so long to respond? He was like, I got so tapped in with work. I wasn't even, I wasn't even looking at my phone. Like I was in a zone. He was like, is everything cool? Like he's freaking out. So I'm like, I just wanted to know that you made it to the studio. And he's like, yeah, I've been here. And I'm like, yo, like, no, you got to tell me when you get there. I'm sorry. Like you have to let me know exactly when you pull in so that I know you made it there safe. And it's not to be controlling. It's I just want to know you're alive. Yeah. That's loving a black man is check in with me. Not so I can press you. So I know you're safe. Mm -hmm. My ex used to be like, yeah, I made it home. What's the big deal? I'm like, you need to tell me I am alive. Well, and in my fucking bed, Yeah, you know, and that's real. It's serious. When it comes to that, like you just have to be so adamant about it. Like, because they're fearless, like, you know, Mark's older than us. So he's lived, 30 plus years. So he don't like, it's not that he doesn't see what's going on. It's not that he doesn't fear for his life every now and then, but he's made it this far where he's like, I'm successful. I'm cool. I drive a range. Like I'm cool. I'm fine. Like there's not, he tells me like, there's nothing to worry about. Right. I don't believe that. Like in my head, I seen what has happened with my dad. You know, my dad is way more of a hothead than he is. So I understand that some of the things that, that my dad has gone through in life, he probably brought upon himself. But I also at the very same time have seen my dad been through some shit. He's gone through some shit with the police that he did not bring upon himself. Mm. I've seen I've me and my dad went to the movies one time and they literally handpicked us out of the crowd as we were sitting watching whatever movie we were watching. Some Denzel movie, probably in Studio City. So there's not many black people to begin with. And they said, you got to go. My dad was like, why? Watching a movie with my daughter. They were like, you got to go. So-and-so, the person, the people next to us didn't want to sit next to us. What? An older white couple. My dad was like, nah, fuck that. They got, if they, if they don't want to sit next to us, they got to go. They were like, nah, sir, you got to go. Come on, let's go. And literally like grabbed him. With a child. With me. And we, it's not like we walked in rowdy. It's not like he, he was on his phone talking about, yeah, I'm in this movie right now. I'll call you right back. Nothing. We were literally watching the movie and they came up to us, tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey, come on, man, you got to go. He's looking around like, what's up? What did I do? Like, and then they wonder why people are angry. Cause a story like that alone, you know, I've just seen it so much that it's like, I don't care who you are. Like, I don't. I genuinely do not care who you are. You could be Mark's best friend. You could be a homie that was brought with one of my homies. I want to know that every single one of y'all made it home safe. Every single one of you. Because I know how capable it is for them to do whatever they want. And get away with it. That's And that's the whole thing is that, you know, yes, when you do something bad, 
you get punished. That is life. You know what I mean? Um, but it really comes down to is the punishment making sense? Yeah. Like, or are you guys just going above and beyond? And when people aren't doing bad and and they still, you know, are murdered or whatever, these people are not being held accountable. And so if you're listening and you're like, I just don't understand what this is all about. We're not saying that there aren't black people who do bad and there aren't cops who do good. We're simply saying, you know, when they do use excessive force and take advantage and bully mm-hmm. black people, mm-hmm. they are not held accountable, mm-hmm. even with fucking footage even with proof and that is where our rage comes from if you are confused the rage comes from it doesn't matter if you have all the evidence in the world your life is deemed not valuable Mm -hmm. and that's it yeah that's it that's it for anybody confused even having proof it's like somebody saying you're going to jail for 30 years because you stole this and you go but look i have the footage of me in the store i walk in i walk out i don't have the trophy the trophy's sitting right there yeah we hear you but we're still sending you it's like it doesn't make sense that even with proof even with evidence even with footage even with witnesses mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck and that is what people are angry about there you know? was there was a protest mm, about 2018 um i can't remember who we were i want to say we were protesting for philandro castile mm-hmm. and there was i just retweeted this last night there was a kid who he was 18 he lit a he lit a fire can a, a trash can on fire i saw did you this. see that yeah I saw you just have you literally have to shake your head at it. You literally have to shake your head at because now because he lit that trash can on fire, he's serving six to eight years in prison. (laughs) There'll be rapists getting two. There are rapists who get none. Yeah, there are rapists who get six months. Yeah. Serial rapists. Six to eight years for lighting. This is why while protesting. Yeah. A trash can. It's not like he. It's like somebody. trash cans lives matter before ours. Yeah. Do. Like it's it doesn't make crazy. sense. And also, I, I definitely want to bring this to light, too. Yes. A lot of people don't really understand, just like you were saying, the rage that we have, um, the way we're going about certain things, the way um, that we're deciding to, you know, protest and riot and loot even. All of the looting, the majority of the looting, it's not us. But besides that fact, even if it was, Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter behind it is if we feel that white people care more about money than they do about us, we're going to do what we feel we have to do to make you understand that we need you to see us. Yeah. So if we have to burn your building down, we're going to have to burn your building down. And if that doesn't get to you, we're going to have to burn the whole block down. And it's been working. That's and it's the thing. Been I mean, working. we, you know, we've been protesting every single year. There's a protest. Every single year there's a protest, Mm -hmm. whether it's a a angry, raging one or a peaceful protest. Mm -hmm. We have not. I mean, Trayvon Martin's killer is still he's signing autographs right now. Crazy. 
he became a celebrity. Yeah. He became a celebrity. Killing a little He's boy. living good. Talking about he has anxiety because he feels like we're going to, he's so depressed because, oh, you're depressed? How do you right. think his mother feels? Right. But they don't see our young boys as young boys. You know, like, I don't know why. I don't know why they process, like, they can't process a little kid. Like, when you think of, like, a young teenager, like, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, one of my, my white friends who I had brought up earlier hit me up and basically said, I just want to say thank you so much for opening my eyes to perspective by being your friend. Mm -hmm. She goes, because I remember when you were having talks with your little brother in high school preparing him. And I have three little brothers and I never had to talk to them about any of this, mm -hmm. you know? And I remember you having those conversations too. Oh. That's what's even crazier oh. that me being around you guys so often, you know, mm -hmm. I would see you and Sierra, his sisters mm -hmm. telling him, you're not fucking prepared for this world. You better get your act together. Mm -hmm. Not even his parents. And we were so... It, figuring out how to communicate it without going off on him because it it enraged me how carefree he was. Yeah. It's like, aren't you afraid? Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, I love my friends. I love my life. Yeah, yeah I'm the only black boy at school, but like they're nice to me. No, they don't. Like, yeah. and so we had to pull back. I remember one day, you know, my mom was like, talk to your brother because, you know, after her third one, she was like, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. Like, I just, you know. My parents are divorced. We mostly lived with my mom. She was like, at this point, we became his moms, you know? Mm -hmm. And she goes, talk to your brother. He won't stop wearing his hood. And this was right after Trayvon. And I remember, you know, we're talking to him and we're trying to keep it cool. We're trying to keep it cool. And he's maybe like, how many years ago is this? He's young. He's like 12, maybe 13. Um, I feel like this happened in like 2012. That sounds about right, that he'd be 12 or like yeah. 13. Yeah. yeah. And he was wearing his hood every day. And um, and and it was so hard to not attack him. But 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 it was like, why are you so you're not invincible? And it yeah. was almost like I resented the he fact didn't understand that it, though. He, he didn't get it. Yeah, he and didn't like he it. was just being a kid and and he was tall for his age. Yeah. And, you know, my my brother wouldn't hurt a fly. He's the sweetest, you know, most innocent, um, just loves people just yeah. loves people kind would never hurt anybody but to anybody who's ignorant and you pass on the street in your hood after somebody just got murdered and I remember my mom was like talk to him so we sit him down and we go you need to stop wearing your hood he goes why he's like I love wearing my hood he's like 12 13 I love wearing my hood he goes at the end of the day he's like I just you know when I'm walking and I said it made him more comfortable I said you can't wear a fucking hood and he's like I don't get why I, it's not that bad. And I remember I just lost it. I said, don't wear a hood. Don't, okay, just don't. And he's looking at me and he's like, what did I do? He's like, what did I do? And I'm like, you're not wearing a hood anymore. And I'm like, I will cut off all your fucking hoods. You're not wearing them. And I remember feeling so guilty for taking it out on him. Yeah. But I'm trying to save your life. Like, yeah. you're not getting it. You're yeah. not getting that, like, you wouldn't hurt a fly, but you scare them. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't hurt anyone but you look scary to people mm -hmm. and your hood makes you scarier. And it's just a hoodie. It's just a small gap hoodie and you wouldn't hurt anyone, but you look scary. 
And people are going to start holding their purses when they see you and crossing the street when they see you. For and when you have your, life. you know, when you get browner in the summer, you're going to be scarier to them. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a fact is that, you know, the darker you are, my brother's browner than me. Mm-hmm. You know, his experience has been different and he's innocent. He has these sad, like old soul eyes. He's had them since he was born. And I'm like, you are innocent, but you scare people. Yeah. You know, and and it's not your fault. But I remember he stopped wearing it. And even now, you know, we don't discuss these things much. But I see on his Instagram, like, he'll just post, you know, his posts. And he gets it now. And, you know, and he's he's gone to college. And so he has such more perspective on the world. You know, he's pledging, but he's he's good to women. And he stands up when he sees something wrong at a party. And, you know, there's like a gay guy in his fraternity. And he's like, I've never really had a gay friend, but he's so cool, man. I love his stories. He's crazy. And I'm like, you just love people. You're not one of these stupid young kids that's like, "Mm -mm, I'm not gay. I can't have gay friends. Mm -mm." These girls, if I see somebody getting attacked, I'm not going to say anything. You stand up for what's right. you uh, acknowledge that people have different lifestyles from you and you love them for it and and you know my dream is that more boys are raised like that and even when I see Umi I'm like he has that thing that my little brother had that like observant sense Mm -hmm. of humor where he peeps everything but it doesn't they don't care you know how kind you are how innocent you are if a woman deems you dangerous and calls the cops they're gonna be on her side yeah and you know and he he went to school with all white girls yeah and he would only date white girls mm-hmm. and he goes yeah i'm gonna meet one of the girls uh that i'm dating her family and i remember just being like oh boy and i and i you know i'm not saying that every white person's racist but i'm like if this girl says my boyfriend and doesn't i said does does she know does he know you're black mm-hmm. and he goes yeah they don't care i said okay okay you yeah. can go to the dinner. They need to know you're black, though. Yeah. I don't need you showing up to a house. And then with, being with shocked. Being sho- or them being racist as fuck, being like, get this boy out of here. And traumatizing you. Yeah. Or yeah. let alone putting their hands on you or being like, race. You know, like I said, she yeah. needs to tell them you're black. And he goes, they know. And he said it like, duh, it's, you know, the 2000s. And I'm yeah. like, but no. No. Because here the fuck we are, yeah. you know? And so, you know, this episode, I, I, I. I dreaded it. I dreaded it because I knew there's so much rage just sitting in my chest. But it's like, I want people to hear that, you know, even the story with my little brother, like we don't get to have a carefree childhood. And I was angry that he was carefree when I wasn't since four. That I was always on my P's and Q's and respect. And I'm not going to embarrass you and say yes and say thank you and say please and say I'm sorry and say excuse me. Hold the door. He didn't hold the door. You don't say anything back. She stepped on you. You move out the way. I'm so tired of seeing two white people walking down the sidewalk and me walking the other way so that they could pass. When there's two of you, you line up and you move so we both can pass. Why am I standing beneath you? Every time. Every time. And they expect me to move. Yeah. When that when I don't, we all bump each other. Yeah. Why the fuck if there's two people walking side by side? Because they why weren't taught I, any other way. And that's why people are angry. Yeah. Is because we were taught to be empathetic, yeah. to be considerate, yeah. to be respectful, yeah. to be well-mannered, mm-hmm. to be loving, to be kind, to forgive, to forgive, to forgive, to forgive, to give the benefit of the doubt, to forgive, to hope that they're not like everybody else. Well, fuck you and realize that I'm not like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And and that's why we're angry. And that's yeah. all I really, uh, for me at least, that's all I really have to say about it. And I want to say this too. Because, you know, we have we've we've put a huge emphasis on, you know, the black men in our lives, you know, black men all around the world. 
I don't want the narrative to change. I don't I don't want, you know, for us to feel like this is too heavy, like we're too tired, like we're exhausted, like we've fought this fight many, many times before. I want us to understand that seriously, black lives matter, but but even beyond that, like we we exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. If we're not here, the world will not go round. Like that's just that's just what it is. But but even aside from all of that, we have Breonna Taylor, whose whose murders are still on the street. Mm-hmm. She was laying and sleeping in her own bed in her own apartment at night, and the cops came into the wrong apartment, to the wrong house, and they killed her. And they didn't call anyone. They let her die in her sleep. In her sleep. It's 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 bigger than just black men. It's it's black trans women too. Lives trans as well. lives. You see, you see a you know. We we hate ourselves sometimes because mm-hmm. of what because of how much they hate us. Mm-hmm. We just from a young age. Oh, I just wish I had straighter hair. I just oh, I just wish I just wish I could fit in. I just. You know, I just wit you you just have all of these these things that, you know, we have from a very young age, but but this is this is just this is what I feel I have to say. I think us black women are the most mad because we at the end of the day have to we have to protect our black men. We birth black men. We love our black men the most. There's there's nobody on this earth that doesn't love that. I mean, that loves our black men more than we do. It's just it's not possible. Yeah. I don't I don't care if you're in an inter- interracial you know relationship and you have a black boyfriend you can love him but you you can love him and this is that's not what this is about I'm not saying that it's not true love that's not what I'm saying I'm not saying that he doesn't love you just as much as you love him what I'm saying is he has a black mother and he has a black grandmother and and their their siblings and and his aunts they love him so much they love him so 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 much to the point where the only reason that they question you or anyone that he's dating outside of of their race and our race is because they don't know if he's going to be safe and do you value his life the way we value his life? exactly because we know loss black people know loss and so it's not an issue. I mean, you're mixed. You know what I mean? You, you're coming from you saying like the way black women love is because we know what it's like to lose black men. And so we, when, whenever we see somebody dating outside their race, we just want to make sure you will protect him the way we will protect him mm-hmm. because black women will pray, mm-hmm. will march, will mm-hmm. scream, will prepare your, you know, fucking meals to go to war and be like, and I will be right back here. But black we women know, are on the front lines we every know loss. single time. Yeah, we know loss. And so we love in a way that is nurturing and protecting. And black women know how to love when there's no love left. We will find some, mm-hmm. you know? And so, ooh, it's just, it runs deep, man. It's it's serious history. It's like, 
this shit goes deep and and we get anybody listening it's uncomfortable for us too Mm -hmm. you know and this isn't saying that we dislike white people we hate all cops no it's saying this has been all of our reality that so many of our childhoods have been robbed so many uh, of us have been filled with fear Mm -hmm. so many of us have had to scream at our little brothers to understand Mm -hmm. so many of us have had to beg our men to stay calm Mm -hmm. so many of us have had to walk past police hold our breath and just be grateful we made it by um and at this point we're in a revolution and you know it that's that's all it is yeah History is is being made right now. History is being made. And there's ways that you can get involved if you're not protesting. You know, you can you can donate. And I encourage you to look up more funds, do your research. But there's a lot that are making their goals already. Yeah. And so look at the ones who really need more help. Mm -hmm. Invest in causes that you care about. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, go straight to the people. Go. You don't have to just protest to to spread the word or you to can, make a difference right if you have a company you can give a pro you know proceeds or the entire amount of sales for a certain month away like yeah. there's certain ways to get creative and like i said for me i wanted to go straight to the people i, I said who needs help right now please mm-hmm. don't lie if you're struggling let me know mm-hmm. and i wanted to kind of target you know um young black people on the front lines mm-hmm. and single black mothers right now mm-hmm. and for me that fed my spirit mm-hmm. but as long as you're doing your part um and holding the people around you accountable and and I want to say this cuz we had to talk about this about bullying I see a lot of people um exposing friends for behavior that the friends have had for years mm-hmm. you know oh and and by the way you say the n word I've been around y'all and she said the N word multiple times and Mm -hmm. I corrected it and you told me to chill, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I I don't have anybody around me Mm -hmm. who I'd be shocked by their behavior right now. I'll Mm -hmm. put it like that. Yeah. The friends that I have know better. I've educated them on my own experiences. They've seen my little brother grow up. I've expressed Mm -hmm. my fears Mm -hmm. and they all came to me with love, with respect and with action. So if you love the black people in your life right now, just do action, yeah. you know, and, and whether that's posting a link, whether that's donating $30 to a cause that matters, whether that's pressing your racist family members to understand, whether that's separating yourself from racist family members, mm-hmm. you know, one of my friends is is black and Asian and she goes, my grandmother said the sickest shit to me and I love my grandmother, but I'm not speaking to her right now mm-hmm. because if she thinks we're all monkeys, you're calling me that. Yeah. And And so it's like standing up for justice isn't just posting people and trying to exploit them at the end of the day i would hope you know your friends better yeah and if not there's some people you just have to break ties with yeah everybody doesn't need to be a bullying spree because guess what you're getting off topic yeah get that's back what to i'm the saying that's what i'm saying there's so much if you're distraction. so yeah you're so pressed on exposing people like i hope that you're donating as much as you're exposing because mm-hmm. at the end of the day i didn't have to expose not a nan person in my fucking life <laughs> yeah. my agents stood in solidarity they reach out to me you know mm-hmm. anybody non-black in my life has shown me I'm with the shits. So it's like everybody's trying to expose, oh, and I haven't heard anything from you. And last thing I want to say, people donate silently. While you're cussing out a lot of these celebrities, they've given. A lot. You know, and I get that it's kind of tough because a lot of people usually encourage you not to post what you give. Mm -hmm. And so we're in a strange time where Mm -hmm. it's like, but we want to see the money you gave. Um, But it's a little strange because I think that the thing about giving is giving with pure intention, not giving so people know you gave. Yeah. I don't take a photo every time I feed somebody. No. You know, and and I we've talked about it Mm -hmm. where you go, Sky, one nice thing a day, girl, you're going to run through your fucking money. Mm -hmm. I will give everything I have to people to where I have to slow down, but I'm not telling people every good deed I do. Um, I remember I saw there was an article that Steve Carell gave. um, It it said an undisclosed amount of money he donated. And I liked that because it was like, you know what? 
and and I'm sure somebody leaked it or his team or whatever, but it was like, I don't have to run this money Mm -hmm. in your face. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to use my voice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my thing. Mm -hmm. And he's been for the people. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And so, uh, whatever you do, just do your part, but, but stay on target. Bullying people you love is, is, you know, another, another big thing is we're not all the same. So a lot of us, you know, not every single one of us is comfortable having these conversations. Not every single one of us is comfortable coming out and saying, I gave this much money. Right. Not every single one of us wants everyone to know that I've been helping this cause forever. Right. Not every single one of us wants wants to be in the topic of discussion. Some of us want to want to wait till it dies down and say, what can I do from this point forward? Now that history has been done or or knows what they've done from the past, but, but not even just that. I don't cancel culture is very counterproductive, especially in, in my opinion, when it comes to other black people. Yeah. Whether it's a black girl, whether it's a black guy who, you know, values their stores or their merchandise or their homes more than, the reason behind this protest and the looting, et cetera. This, this is, this is for sure. This, this is facts. If you're black, you're hurting every single time something like this happens. Mm-hmm. Every single time when you hear another black man gunned down by police, when you hear another black man, blah, 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 blah. When you hear all of these things, we all feel it. You can't tell another black person how to feel about the situation. You just can't. And love is education. If you see somebody who needs to be educated, you spitting hate and being like, you effing coon and you dumbass. You're spitting hate. You're not saying, you know what? I love you enough to educate you. And if you can't hear me, then I just separate myself and get back to the cause. I've I've had to send this message. I've sent this this message recently and I said, hey, I'm sending you this message because I love you. But this is what this is how I'm feeling. And my spirit is telling me that I have to say it. I see you calling out people. Um, I see you furious online. I see the rage. I see. I also see you protesting. I also see you marching. I also see that you're really, really about this shit. But with with that being said, please, please, please stop the bullying. Yeah. You cannot tell anybody how to live. If they don't want to be a part of this movement, if they don't want to say anything, if they don't want to speak up, that is their choice. It is not your choice for them. Yeah. You can't bully someone into into caring. Yeah. If they don't care, they don't, they don't care. care. That's just what it is. Yeah. There's nothing that you you bullying them makes them come out and say black lives matter and they still don't get you have to you have to wait for the moment that these people feel it on their spirit and on their heart that they want to make a change yeah for you to for you to want to believe it just because they go online and be like all right i just donated three hundred dollars now i'm cool about to hit the gym about to go hit the function to smoke some weed in right you know like they don't care they did their they think that that's what the deed was yeah and this says a lot about who you have around you because like i said I didn't have to cuss out not one person I knew. They all knew right is right. And I surround myself with people who know right is right and wrong is wrong. It's like you probably are just angry that you didn't know your friends the way you thought you did. And that's a personal problem, you know, but but the bullying, it's not fucking cool. 
It's not cool. If you feel like somebody isn't doing what you want them to do, check your ego and do what you want to do. That's just period. And so I feel like this is just the end of this of this topic of this episode, you know, we might come back and we might touch on it time and time again, because, you know, as you know, this stuff happens, like it happens all the time. It's, it's not something that's going to happen once this, from what I'm seeing now with the riots, with the peaceful protesting, I mean, it just, it just seems like we're moving, we're moving in the right direction for sure. Mm -hmm. But it also seems like this is not coming to an end anytime soon not at all it seems like we're finally at that boiling point at that tipping point where we're like nah you gotta prove to us now yeah you gotta you gotta show us that you care Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta show us that you believe when you put your fist up and you say black lives matter we want to see it yeah because from what we're seeing from what we've experienced from what our parents have experienced we know that you're that they're just words and that you and your friends and your family members etc cetera, etc cetera, you guys are just saying it just to be a part of the clout just to be a part of the movement if you say these words we want to hold you accountable we now. want action we want action yeah we want action period that's it that like there's literally nothing, nothing else there's to say. nothing more to say other than we want action we want to send all of you guys love because we know that this is a really, really heavy topic, a heavy time. The energy and the atmosphere right now, we are all so, so, so tired. Please do not be swayed. Please do not be distracted by all of the chaos. Please do not feel like this this whole movement becomes void once the looting starts. Yeah. Um, please do not feel like a couple ignorant people coming out and debunking what's what the work that so many hundreds of thousands and millions of people are doing. Do not believe in all the ignorance that people are coming out and saying, um, about us. Don't lose the love towards yourself and towards others and love Um, on the black people in your life and your black men and in the black women too. After, you know, we talked about everything this episode, love on the black people in your life. And, we're very mindful again that a lot of our listeners are not black. So we didn't come on here to tell you guys how to live your life. We, we didn't come on here to tell you guys, this is what's going on. We just want you guys to know that we are two women who a lot of people look at in, in, in this sort of kind of light um, people look at us like we've never had to deal with anything a day we in our lives. We've have it all together. We don't, yeah. we don't feel in these sorts of situations. I've had people come to me saying, can you say more, please? I feel like my purpose is, is to raise my family and to help my family and to spread my love and my joy and my concern in, into, into the family that I have. And believe me, it's a lot of us. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm not here to help other people at the same time, but I'm a private person. And when I get overwhelmed with, with fear, with hate, with sadness, yeah, I shut down for a moment. I have to take a breather. I have to yeah. figure out what to say. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of people. So, so just be patient, yeah. but, but be mindful at the same time. 
that a lot of us are doing the work. We're just doing different work. We're all here to do different work. Some of us are artists. Some of us are nurturers. Some of us are cooks. We got to cook for our people. Some of us are just lovers. We got to come. We got to share that joy. We got to say, what's up, brother? What's up, sister? I see you struggling. Here's a couple dollars. Here's some joys. Here's some light. Some, some of us, us laugh. Some it. of us are laughers. Some of us are dancers. We just want to dance. We just yeah. want to feel the soul. Yeah. You know, some of us, we just do things differently. And if you're if you're right now, you're struggling with trying to figure out who you are in this in this situation. If you're trying to figure out what you can do. My advice to you is if this situation matters to you enough. Figure out which ways make you the most comfortable as far as spreading love and figure out a way to spread love in this exact situation, the way that you know how spread love, justice and knowledge period period. So this has been another episode (sighs) of unpack and bounce back. And we hope that you've learned something felt something felt something. And, and if anything at all, I hope that you take from this that all of us have a different story and all of us, we cope and we go through things different in different ways. Mm-hmm. Please stop assuming. Please stop judging. Please be more open to hearing people's stories and feeling, and for, other feeling for others mm-hmm. without pointing fingers and saying, but you don't have it as bad as. Yep. But you don't understand. You know, like all of these, but, but, but just just listen to somebody's story even if it's online even if you're reading a tweet even if you're seeing a a a video stop pointing fingers stop saying but just look and have compassion and have empathy and say okay i hear you i hear you i see you you're worthy you're valid and your life matters your life matters period that's it that's it that's it we thank you guys for listening and of course, I cried today after Raina cried last time. So it just, there's something in the water. Um, but I, I, yeah, I have nothing else to say. I think we, we love wrap y'all. It up. We appreciate y'all. And uh, we'll. This is another episode. This is another episode of Unpack and Bounce Back. I'm Sky. And I'm Raina. We love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unpack and Bounce Back. If you're in the mood to share, send over to a friend. Press subscribe for more content. And please be sure to follow us on Instagram at unpack and bounce back. And remember, it's the letter N, not A-N-D. Until next time.